Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today my guest is Dan Long. Dan is a beekeeper from Georgia, USA, and he's got a business called Easy Peasy, which is a 3D printing business that makes accessories for the JZBZ company, so the JZBC cell cups, and uh, he makes the cages, he makes these cool things called day trippers, he makes a bunch of other stuff, so he's got a, a website that you can check out, and I'll link that in the show notes here. So we're going to have a chat to Dan today, and he's going to tell us all about these fantastic things that he makes. Dan Long, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, Dan, I like to start off my episodes and my podcast with a funny beekeeping story. So if you've got one you'd like to share with us today. <laughs> well, it's only funny because nobody got hurt. Okay. Um, <laughs> our, <laughs> a few of us like to go in together on, um, on buying glass jars uh, because they're difficult to ship and not guaranteed. So we were on a jar run. And my buddy Mike decided that he um, he would take his truck and I would ride along with him on this trip. And it's a, about four hours round trip up to North Carolina and back. And uh, we loaded up his truck and, oh, we loaded it. Uh, it was very full with, and you know, you think an empty, empty case of glass isn't really all that much, but it adds up. And um, about two thirds of the way home, we were in South Carolina, um, the truck starts to shake and shake and shake. And we're going through construction on the highway in South Carolina and um, the back left tire blows. Oh, no. And <laughs> it was a bad spot, nowhere to pull over. The tire blew completely. It didn't just go down. And uh, so he pulled over barely far enough on the, um, what we would call the passing lane, the high speed lane, right off the edge on the shoulder on a bridge in construction and proceeded to change the tire and it was a little hairy and we also had to unload quite a few cases of glass just to get to the equipment to change the tire yeah, and wow. then uh, we got that done and it was it was a little scary semi trucks driving by uh and uh got back up on the road and got going again and um about another 20 minutes down the road we get the same shimmy shake shimmy shake going on and the back right tire blows oh and, what <laughs> Yeah, well, we fortunately we were out of the construction area by then, so we pulled well off on the right shoulder, and uh, well, of course, we didn't have another spare tire. And Mike was thinking about it, and he said, "Well, you know, the tire's got plenty of tread, but come to think of it, it's probably fifteen to twenty years old, so the tires were just bad; they couldn't yeah. take the weight." Yeah. And um, so we were stuck there by the side of the road, waiting for his son to bring a trailer up from uh, Georgia. Uh, so we sat by the side of the road, beautiful weather. It was a really nice time to sit by the side of the road. We just wish we hadn't been there and wasn't what it was. Uh, but again, nobody got hurt, fortunately, and uh, we got all the glass home safely. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a big worry of mine to lose a tire when I'm moving bees. It hasn't happened yet. Does it happen to you? Not well, not well moving bees, fortunately. Yeah, yeah. That, that is that something would happen, a breakdown or or an accident or something. Yeah, I always worry about it. Yeah, that's always a concern of mine because, yeah, you'd be a lot of nice people coming out and be like, hey, I just have to let you know <laughs> something to that effect. <laughs> Great. All right, Dan. So tell us about this company you've got, uh, Easy Peasy. Really cool name, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, it was a play on JZBZ, yeah, of course. Yeah, very um, funny. <laughs> I, I, uh, I raise a few Queens. I, I, I run about 50 colonies and I raise some Queens, uh, 
mostly for nuke sales, but also, do you call them nukes down there? Yes. Yep. All right. Um, mostly for nuke sales, uh, but also I sell a few queens and of course I requeen my own. And uh, I love working with the JZBZ system. And I think it's, it's the best cup out there. And of course, what's really lacking is uh, a good cage for emergence and, uh, uh, you know, incubator held virgin queens. Uh, and um, I, like a lot of other beekeepers, I, I tried this and I tried that and I tried to work with the Nico cages and, you know, virgins would be able to push their way out or the things would fall over. And I know there are a lot of other beekeepers that have come up with little ways to do this and that and fiddle around. Uh, but I, um, I, I started learning how to 3D print. I bought a little 3D printer and was fiddling with things like um, uh, small hive beetle traps and miscellaneous things around the house for my wife. Um, we made some little storage containers for under the kitchen sink. Uh, for example, but um, it suddenly occurred to me that there were a lot more beekeeping applications. And about this time last year, and this is late October, uh, I started fiddling with the idea of uh, a, a cage designed specifically for the JZBZ Cup. And I went through probably 15 different prototypes, getting the fit right, getting the function right, uh, and getting it to work in a very efficient way uh, that that is uh, great for virgin uh, uh, emergence. And as it turns out now, the way I've got it set up, uh, good for introduction as well. All right. Okay. Tell us about that. Uh, well, people, I, 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 I was working on uh, uh, the different designs and was getting some feedback from folks on a Facebook group called the Queen Breeders Forum. And those guys were, they were very helpful. Uh, some of them, some of them would say, "Ah, oh, no, don't bother. I'll just do all this, and I'll, I'll glue that, and I'll fiddle with this." And but there were many more who were very encouraging and helpful, and said, "Ah, oh, finally, somebody's working on this." Uh, and so one thing came to another, and and somebody said, well, "What about using it for emergence?" So I added a candy cap, um, so much like you would see in a, a what we call a California mini cage, a little tube with queen candy in it. It's a cap that fits in. So you would remove the JZBZ cell cup uh, after uh, emergence and put the candy cap in place. And then it works for introduction as well. Mm. Uh, and then and then I thought, well, my current incubator uh, is uh, based on a five frame nuke kind of setup. But a lot of people work with uh, GQF hovabaters and some other people work with reptile incubators. Uh, so I, I made a tray that would hold 30 of the cages and they fit. Um, you can fit four trays in a reptile incubator of the common size and six trays for 180 queens and the, the GQF hovabator. Uh, and, and I think that works out really well. It keeps them organized. It keeps them from falling over, uh, keeps them from bumping up against each other in a way that they might end up contacting each other and fighting. The spacing is just right, uh, and um, it's it's working out really well for people. Excellent. Yeah, I really like the idea of the tray for the incubator. That's uh, makes it very organized and easy to manage. Also, I really like the way that you can bank these cages. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can you can build a banking frame or you can actually leave them on the cell bar uh, as a, in the finisher or in a queen bank. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. You've done a fantastic job there. So uh, how do you feel the size is in terms of introduction? Do you think it works really well to put it between the cell bars? Sorry, sorry, between the frames, sorry. I really, I like them for introduction much more than uh, a three-hole cage. Yes. Um, I, when I get queens in a three-hole cage, I used to transfer them into a California Mini. Uh, just I don't like that uh, sideways orientation. I prefer the ventilation top and bottom, and the way the the way the easy peasy cage works, it it fits that, and it's solid on the sides that would be in touch with the honey or the brood, and so it's not going to get it's not going to squish honey into the queen, for example. It's going to keep her clean inside, mm. and she also has a she has a enough area to escape from, you know, biting older foragers until, until the acceptance time. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it's on the side, there's an opportunity. You could actually write some notes or something like that. If you figured out the right type of marker to use or something to remove uh, old notes, anything like that. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? So there's a, a couple of sides to the cage where you would be able to write some notes on there. Uh, oh, and uh, have you found that there's any particular marker that works well for that or anything that works well for removing old notes? Right, right. Um, the the nature of 3D printing um, with the layers and all, when when I write on it, I use, um, hang on a second. The name escapes me. I have to pull it out. Identipen. Okay. Uh, and that it works and it's fairly permanent, um, but it does bleed outward slightly. And I don't, I've never tried to take that off, actually. Okay. Um, but, the, you know, that's a really good point. What I do have is in the side of each tray, there's a slot where you could put card, uh, card of some, you know, card stock that you've written notes on. So each tray of 30, say, for example, if you want to indicate which queen it came from or uh, the date that you uh, did the graft or the date expected to, they'll emerge, that kind of thing. So at least at the batch level, there's a way to take notes. Okay, excellent. Yeah, fantastic. Now you've also got wax mold uh, sort of mounts, right? A, a customer uh, said that they they um, they do all of their own hand dipped wax cell cups, and uh, asked what could be done about that. And that was actually a pretty easy win because the candy cap already gave me all the dimensions necessary. I simply made it solid instead of uh, the ability to hold the queen candy in it. And um, just to make sure it worked, uh, I went and I bought um, a little silicone mold that will make 30 um, wax cell cups uh, and gave it a try, tested it. So, you know, you just drop drop uh, some liquid beeswax onto the mount and then sit, stick each cup onto one of those. Um, it works pretty well. It um, the first try, and this is the interesting thing about 3D printing, is that you have to go through prototypes on any new product development. But instead of uh, creating a, a a die where you're spending forty thousand dollars for each prototype, um, I can change the the settings or change the the design overnight. I can produce a new prototype. Um, the first one was too tall, and after the cell cup. Uh, was added to that. And then the queen cell was built. If it was a really large queen cell, 
it was it was too low into the bottom of the cage. So I was able to shorten it up on the second go round and send those out to the customer. Um, he he said they work great. Excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. Now you have also made your own uh, transport incubators for cells. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, there's a, a product. I don't know if you have it there. There's a product here called the Merrill Toolbox, and it is based around a five-frame nuke. It has uh, various straps and holders and brackets to hold a, a frame rest, a smoker, a hive tool, and a few other odds and ends. And uh, I found it kind of clunky, so I stopped using it. But then I thought, well, when I needed an incubator, I thought, well, well gee, this is just sitting around, and it would hold several frames of cell bars, and why not give it a try? And so I took off some of the miscellaneous parts of it and cut a hole in the side and built like a little um, sliding variable vent on there, and then put an, a small incubator cartridge type thing called an IncuKit Mini, which comes from the incubator warehouse. And the neat thing about the IncuKit Mini is that you don't have to buy the whole big thing. You, you make exactly the incubator size you want and then just mount this into it. And it works with a, uh, a car lighter plug-in as well as a wall plug-in. And um, it, it's worked out pretty well. It'll hold up to three frames. Uh, I 3D printed a couple of little trays into the bottom of it to hold uh, wet sponges to keep up the humidity. And it's a small enough volume that it does okay heating it up. I would honestly recommend working with a more insulated material. Um, it, in, in the colder nights up here, even in my office, it had a hard time keeping temperature. Uh, so, you know, work with work with like EPS or something like that instead of uh, plain wood or insulate the wood more. It'll definitely work better. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now, one of the things that you produce that I think looks really cool is the day tripper. Do you want to tell us a bit <laughs> about that? That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love, you like the I Beatles? Love, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, I love I love the day tripper. Um, yeah. So uh uh, I do a little tiny bit of migratory beekeeping. Uh, here in this part of Georgia, the nectar flow finishes by early June. And uh, we're at about um, 800 feet of elevation right here. And a buddy of mine and I have been uh, taking some of our hives on a trailer up into the Blue Ridge Mountains, which is about a 90-minute trip north of here to an elevation approximately 2,000 feet where there is a tree, it blooms all around here, but it blooms in abundance when very little else is blooming around late June through parts of July, depending on where you are in the elevation. And that is called the sourwood tree and it's Oxydendrum arboreum. And uh, I wish it had a better name because it makes the world's most delicious honey. And as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and it's actually an award-winning honey. I think it's one at uh, the world honey conference, maybe Epimondia on, on from time to time. Uh, anyway, uh, so I take the bees up, we, we close them up the night before, we haul them up there, everything's fine, we have lunch up there, head on home. When we go to retrieve the hives, typically speaking, everybody says you got to move your bees at night, you're going to leave all these foragers behind. Well, I don't like driving at night, 
I don't like driving with bees at night. I don't like driving through twisty, turning mountain roads with bees at night. And so uh, over the last five years or so, I have developed um, this device and I've just recently named the Day Tripper that collects foragers during the day so that you can close up your hive and move without leaving that workforce behind. Now, not everybody minds leaving them behind, but where we were, we were right behind somebody's house up there every year. And uh, we did not want to leave that force behind um, because we didn't want his kids getting into like miscellaneous bees that were hanging, you know, all these old foragers hanging out. Uh, and also it's a good time to start doing splits. So we wanted as much workforce to be kept with those colonies as possible. So the device is basically a very specific shaped funnel that fits in the center of a standard Langstroth, eight or 10 frame. And you put a piece of screen on either side, staple it in. The forager returns, gets a little bit confused, but eventually figures out if they go in this funnel, they're gonna get inside the colony. When they offload their pollen or transfer their nectar, when they go to leave, they go to the screen. They don't go, uh, and I've had these things in place for hours at a time, they don't figure out to go to the back of the funnel to leave. Earlier versions of it, they weren't deep enough. Um, they had, uh, they were clear, they were ventilated in such a way that within about 20 minutes, we were losing foragers again. This one works 100%. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Now, oh, it's great. And and it, it makes it so that we can drive during the daytime no matter what. Now, I, when I tell people who are using them, um, if you're going to be in traffic, uh, if you're going to be you know in the hot summer Georgia sun or anything like that, you might want a screen bottom board. You might want a screened inner cover. Um, but other than that, uh, it works great. I've never had any problems with it. Oh, that's fantastic. So you put it in uh, in the morning when it's already light. Whenever you want to, whenever okay. you want to start collecting the foragers, so okay, two right. o'clock in the two p.m. in the afternoon. And then Go how long? How long in. do you wait afterwards? Uh, it it really depends on how far your foragers are traveling. Um, okay. yep. One one time I did it, I was helping a buddy move just two hives. Uh, and I think we waited 90 minutes before we finally got tired of seeing stragglers come in. Um, but the, you know, the majority of the force is typically back in a half hour or so. Mm. And uh, it depends, you know, it depends on how far they're flying. Mm. Uh, but, so I suppose you know, and, it would, it would, the best thing to do would be to go maybe 11 AM, put them all in, have a, have a lunch break. And then afterwards you'd be right to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Take the time, staple it up, strap your hives together, uh, and, and, uh, you know, wait just long enough and load them up. Excellent. Now, Dan, is there any other easy peasy products that you'd like to share with us today? Well, um, I did just, um, work out an arrangement with the folks from JZBZ to get some of their cell bars and their, and their, uh, cups. So I'm putting together a complete kit finally, uh, instead of here, use this with all your JZBZ stuff, I'll be able to say, here's all you need uh, for for queen rearing. So what that had to include was a way to mount the cell bars and um, not offering a whole frame, but I've got brackets that simply glue or screw onto the inside of end bars of a deep. Uh, and that way you'll be able to make a, a queen rearing frame uh, readily and cheaply. 
and um, I I have a, a new product I'm working on now that um, is going very well. It's a it's a queen catcher cager, and the idea started with a queen pipe, uh, which you might be from the clear plastic uh, pipe shaped tube uh, that you put over the queen and she crawls up the long skinny tube. Um, in, and it kind of is a hybrid between that and the one-handed um, catcher queen marking device. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's. Uh, wish I wish I had a picture of it. I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it uh, basically it's a. You've got them on the website. I've seen them on the website. I've, that's the old version. Okay. That's okay. the old, that's the old version where yeah. um, that works. Um, but you have to be very patient with with that one because the queen's got to come up off the frame okay, and she yes. wants to stay down on the frame for that. So it can take um, quite a long time for her to decide to crawl up into the cage. Uh, this one operates um, horizontally and you mount the cage onto it. And then it's got a plunger device that scoots the queen and corrals her in such a way that she has to go into the cage. Okay. It, it, it encourages and nudges and pushes her into the cage. Now it takes just a little bit of practice to use. Uh, one of the neat things about it is you can get her and some attendants at the same time into a cage. Oh, excellent. Okay. So it'd be potentially really good for catching Queens out of a mating nuke. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, I know plenty of us are really great at just grabbing them by the wings or some people prefer to grab by the thorax. Um, and that's fine. But they're, um, you know, I've talked to older beekeepers, maybe their eyesight isn't as good, their, their hands are a little shaky, or somebody really new to handling queens, and they're concerned about, you know, smashing her abdomen, of course. Uh, so it, it goes either way. You know, I, I know there are plenty of competent beekeepers who simply grab a queen and grab four attendants and, and stick them in just as, you know, just as quickly as can be. But this is a, a semi-automatic way to do that. Mm, that's fantastic. Now, just going back to the uh, cell bar there, Dan, with that new system that you're creating, how many uh, queen cells would someone be able to graft onto a standard frame using that system? Well, with uh, with the cages, you're not going to get three rows. Okay, you're going to yeah. get two rows because there's just there's no way you could squeeze three if it was really, really tight, but then there'd be no way to maneuver the cages onto the, the cells. And I wanted to leave enough room to be able to work around the cells without the possibility of damaging them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it'll hold two. Um, right. So thirty. So you're going to you're going to get thirty cells per per frame that way. Yeah. The neat thing about the cages is that they're 19 millimeters wide, so you're going to fit every single space on the JZBZ cell bar. Yeah, that's really interesting. So how can we find you, Dan, if we want to uh, purchase <laughs> these? Uh you go to ezpz.buzz. Uh, uh, there's a full e-commerce website there. And uh, I am shipping worldwide. And unfortunately, any international shipping is going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's there's just no way around that. Um, and hopefully, uh, at some point in the future, we'll figure out uh, a better way to get that distributed, say, uh, to Australia, um, to the UK and whatnot. Um, but so far uh, they're in nine countries. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and around the U S no issues shipping around the U S uh, fairly inexpensive. Um, we're currently at uh, seven fifty flat fee shipping and every once in a while, somebody will order enough that it costs that much more, but you know, I'll subsidize that for a large order. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today, Dan? Well, I'm very excited to um, be participating as a vendor at the North American Honey Bee Expo coming up in January. Ah, that's Cayman, Cayman Reynolds uh, uh, show, so to speak, uh, where they've uh, a host of really amazing speakers from all over the world. And uh, I think there are so far 2,500 attendees coming and well over a hundred of us vendors are going to be there. It's uh, it's going to be quite the, uh, quite the expo. All right. So if uh, people can have a chat to you there, that'd be great. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show today, Dan. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.